0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Every
1: year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up.
0: We just have a good rhythm together, you know, like, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it.
2: Hello and welcome along to another exciting episode of The Worst Idea of All Time, Season 4, Episode 19. I am Guy Montgomery, joined as always by my trusty steed, Tim Batt. Kia ora. Kilda and a very special guest this week. We are in the studio, aka on my Walmart couch in my apartment in Bushwick with Iowa Debris. Io. Hi
3: guy. Hi Tim. I like your couch. I think it's a good couch.
2: You wouldn't have thought it's from Walmart. I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked. three hundred dollars We bought it from the online catalog and it folds out to be a bed.
3: Okay, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. That's a great couch. Thank you.
1: $300 is a lot to be spending at Walmart, though. Like, when you get to that price point, why wouldn't you go to Ikea or something?
3: Drag him.
1: Uh, is not necessarily superior to Walmart. I feel like that's
2: quite an Antipodean sort of... Because we're so starved for Ikea, we put it on this pedestal. Mm. Like, it was national news in our country when Ikea was coming to New Zealand.
3: That's hurts me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Walmart is, is fine. And also, it's almost, I think... Uh, Classic because it's of a different time now, where it's going to be phased out by Amazon. There's
3: something quaint about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I, I feel like it's quite a nice kind of throwback brand.
1: <laughs> when Bernie Sanders and uh, AOC win in 2020, and we burn Walmart to the fucking ground, you're going to regret saying on record Walmart I is think, fine.
3: I feel like. Actually, it could be, like, a really nice spin. Like, you'll have something from before the Great Wars, you know? Yeah. You'll have, like, an iconic piece of furniture in that way.
2: <laughs> I'll have to, like, put a false label on it because they'll be running around everyone's apartments checking the furniture <laughs> for allies and That's enemies. That's
3: the first thing that they'll do. <laughs> and you just have to be ready for it.
2: It's a powerful platform. It's a recipe for success. <laughs> <laughs> um, Now, we've just watched... Tim and I have watched Sex in the City for the 19th time each. Uh, it is the afternoon or evening time here in America. Tim, what are you looking at?
1: Uh, a crisp 10.25am. And I'll just let you know that I consumed the entire movie in one big gobbly bite today. So I woke up at 7.30, whacked her on. Uh, it was fucking devastating.
0: There's
1: <laughs> no, no way to live. Uh, Can you paint us a little picture of your uh, sort of watching environment? Same as it ever was, mate. Same as it ever was. I'm in bed. My wife's going to work. I'm alone, depressed. The gals are there. Uh, Didn't have headphones in this time because I wanted to give myself a treat. So I put it on the Bluetooth speaker so I could move my head around a little bit more. I mean, there's, there's not a lot to add now. That is such a terrifying trait.
3: Bleak, which also I'm like. So the other times you're watching it, I'm imagining your head almost like with, uh, I don't know, like positioned, like you are physically unable to move it.
1: Aya, you got it. Okay,
3: all right, torture. We love it.
2: Ah, well. I would describe my viewing environment as largely unchanged, save for the company. But I, perhaps for for Tim's uh, purposes, you could describe how you enjoyed the watching experience.
3: Sure, yeah, I. It was pretty nice, I'd say. We're on this lovely Walmart couch. Uh. They should really throw you guys a buck or two. Absolutely, there's a lot of spawn happening. In
2: our experience, this is how sponsorship begins. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we were on our Walmart couch. Uh, yeah, um, it was nice. We're in Guy's apartment, uh, cozy place. Little sun peeking through the window. Guys was being a really nice host and offering lots of snacks.
2: Yeah, we had a. Um, uh, we both had a, a CBD soda water.
3: Yeah. So, oh
2: the weed stuff. What? I don't know. I I don't know what it's meant to do. You've s- saved say before it calms you?
3: Yeah, it kinda just like makes your muscles like chill out. It, it, uh, yeah. And also I think it like it's supposed to the idea is that it counteracts all the soda stuff that's happening. So all of like the high energy stuff that soda gives you, it cancels it out, what? so you're just at sort of like a net zero.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I guess. C B D is the that's the medical bit. That's like what they use for pain relief. It's the THC yeah. that's the psychoactive bit. And then the CBD is the... But why would you put that in soda water?
3: Because it can make people b- spend money. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think because you get to charge an extra dollar per Fucking soda. Fucking good shout. Mm. That's
3: yeah. great. Yeah. So we're addicted to capitalism. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, mm. uh, mm-hmm. And But we just sort of, you know, uh, heads down, bums up, just
1: another day at the office... What's uh, up? <laughs> hey, what was the what was the banter like? Give that's a little saying from back home Io by the way. Head down bum up just means you're getting to work, you know? Nice. You're, you're not okay. getting distracted, you're just For sure. plowing your head, you're going through. Uh Thank give yeah. me a little peek behind the curtain. What was what was the banter like? What was the back and forth? What was the commentary during watching the film? Uh well what what jumped out I kept asking
2: Io to tell me what she thought the stakes were. I mm. uh, mm-hmm. Which is, as you know, Tim, quite a challenging question when you're watching Sex in the City. So maybe now for the benefit of our listener, you could yeah. tell me what the stakes of this film actually are. It was. We have one was, listener
1: addressed
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard. It kept being a challenge. Because also I said this, it wasn't a movie. It was six episodes of a show stitched together. And so that Amen. just makes it fully impossible. Um, for half of the movie, I think the stakes were just like, the concept of wedding planning, I want to say. Just like the <laughs> idea that you could plan a wedding or you couldn't, you know? <laughs> that felt like...
2: <laughs> but also, because the wedding planning does kind of take place in the background of... You're just watching Carrie yes. walk around shops while in the background, Anthony is presumably working his little tail off to get this wedding up yes. and running.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. Fully, fully... <laughs> the only... One of the only... the. One of two gay men in this universe um, really just working very hard, but also, like, rudely. Yeah. He's not a nice man. (laughs) He's not. But, you know, he he shouldn't. I don't know if he has to be because, once again, he is one of the only two gay men who exists in the city at this time. So, you know, maybe he's been built a little bit tougher. I don't know. Um, But that just felt like, yeah, I mean.
2: So you got wedding planning for the first half.
3: Yeah. And then the second half was like. Will she be okay? <laughs> like is she gonna be all right? Will she sort of get out of bed? And I know that it's supposed to be like, will she and big? will won't she and big? but it but it didn't actually feel like that. It felt like, is she gonna get out of bed?
1: Which is – don't you think that's kind of better, though? Because the whole TV show is about will they, won't they, with Big. But I think her new boyfriend, Depression, is kind of an interesting guy to introduce.
3: Right. Because, like, she would just be dating another guy, I guess, in the show or something like that.
1: How would we feel about the introduction
2: of – because I guess Jennifer Hudson essentially portrays her rebound, you know. But how would we feel – I know it's unlikely that's going to happen between now and our next viewing, <laughs> but if they did introduce some sort of rebound character, some sort of new romantic interest where Carrie realises, because then at least there's a motive or there's some reason for her to still pine
1: for big. Like, I want to this- meet the Russian. He's in the oh. intro, but uh, Alec- Alexander or something, but it's spelt like with yeah, a K yeah. in the Russian way. Pe- yeah. Pech- Petrovsky. Petrovsky. It's I got think, a P yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I He's want the that guy. guy. I want to meet him. I want to hang out with them. I what's your exposure to the Sex and the City franchise?
3: I um didn't really watch much of it because uh, I, I grew up and we TV was very limited, truly by choice, by, like, choice of my family. And so I didn't really, like – it just wasn't very interesting <laughs> to me, even though I have seen, like – we were watching it and I was like, oh, I've seen, like, the spreads and, like, the dresses and, like, I knew – who, like, the big designers were. Like, I got that sort of yeah. stuff. But I didn't really... I didn't have any interest in it, I guess. And then, I guess later on, I've seen, like, a few of the episodes just because there's, like, ones that you're supposed to watch.
2: And what was your impression? So, from from what you cobbled together of the Sex and the City franchise, yes. coming in to watch the movie today, yes. what was your impression of the characters and how has that changed, having spent two and a half interminable hours in their company? <laughs>
3: It sort of did cement for me that these women are insufferable. Um, They are so horrible to be around. They seem like bad friends. And it's kind of incredible that they have, I mean, as characters, I guess, had friendships for so long.
2: But I guess it's it's like uh, if you're in a long-term relationship with someone where you can let, You know, you put the best version of yourself forward to begin with. Right. And you hide all the grisly stuff.
3: No, I'm awesome. (laughs) I'm awesome and I'm perfect. And I actually don't relate to what you're saying at all. That's actually really weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. But, Guy, we've, we've been friends for what? Like five-ish years now we wouldn't treat each other the way these women do they're fucking wretched they're just like uh, all talking on top of each other no one's listening to each other no one wants we to help talked each about other that. yeah no i don't
3: <laughs> i'm doing it yeah,
2: i i uh yeah consistently i don't think we would extend the same sort of treatment to one another as the characters in this movie do i mean i guess it's it 's It's a tough one because it's like you know if, if you are only vaguely familiar, then you you take this movie, you are like these are these are bad people, yeah, but if you're only vaguely familiar with it and you go back and you work your way through the series from the beginning i I do get the feeling the more we are into to this movie that if I spent enough quality time with these women beforehand, they've earned the right to mistreat me so <laughs> in this yeah, right. Film. And like, there's this, because like, it's so flimsy. Like you we, yeah. you're, you're saying the, the reasoning behind Big and Carrie's separation at the wedding is so like, it's so underwritten. And this is like such a huge turning point right. for the film. But it's like, if I've spent 10 seasons of them being on and off again, mm-hmm. then suddenly do I believe the motivation that because he didn't see her face directly or she didn't pick up her phone on the day of their wedding, that's reason enough for this like incredibly, you know, yeah. uh, moody guy to decide not to get married.
3: Yeah, I I you're giving them too much credit.
1: I think it's just maybe it's just badly written.
3: (laughs) It's okay if it is badly written. There is a joke in the movie, and I can't remember what it was. But it's when they're in Mexico, I think, and um, Samantha like she points out, she's like oh, a joke, a bad one, but a joke. And so I'm like, okay, the writers know. Like, they do know <laughs> that, <laughs> that this isn't very good. But, you know... It is what it is. It is
2: a good way to couch all of your bad jokes that you've, you know, snuck into a script <laughs> <Right>. by like <laughs> getting the other characters. Like that feels like a war in the writer's room. Even though this was a an auteur's vision, this was just Mattress, Pikelet King, writer, producer, director. Mm-hmm. But it is very funny to write in bad jokes and then just disqualify <laughs> them by having <laughs> other characters observe like at different times playing audience surrogate. Yeah. Of, like, fuck you, <laughs> this joke sucks.
1: Io, can you I also had a...
2: Sorry, go oh, you, go, No, you
1: go, Tim. No, no, this is a real curveball. I'm going to hold it for later. Okay.
2: A very funny uh, observation that has not occurred to Tim nor myself or any of our guests uh, as to why Charlotte may have found herself <laughs> in the medical situation she oh, does in Mexico.
3: Yeah. So that was so psychotic. They tried to, um, I guess, like pitch it as if she finally drank the water and that is what made her sick. It's like... Lady, you've been eating chocolate pudding for, like, six days for (laughs) breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, what's up? Your body, like, is rejecting that. You need fiber. Like, you need fruits and veg. Like, of course you're going to be... Ill. It's not the. You've been eating pudding. She
2: has the smallest amount of shower water go into her mouth. And, um, and that's what it is. We've yeah, taken issue that, that before. What it's what like, it. that's not how food poisoning works, but we never put it together to the point where it's like, oh yeah, you've been eating pudding exclusively <laughs> for a week.
3: For a whole Your week.
2: Your organs are collapsing in on themselves.
3: <laughs> They're screaming for help. Um, So psycho for a plot line, yeah. also.
2: It's, well, there's that's sort of like. That was a big. I feel like there are a few big gambits or bits that they're like, these are the moments we hang our hats on that movie audiences will see and they'll go out and talk about. It. Right. You've got the jilting. So you've got, first of all, the fact that they're getting married is huge. Yes. Mm. Then you've got the jilting. Yeah. You've got Charlotte shitting herself. Classic. And then you have uh, the sh- the flaccid, sh- the shot of, well, it's not really flaccid. Yeah. You have the shot of Dante's
1: turgid penis in the shower. No, no. <laughs> That's a guy moment. I think everyone else is like, "Hey, cool, little bit of pain in the movie, but you've really fucking honed I, in on Don." I feel like peak, it was
3: big. I feel like it was big, and I also want to add, you see Steve's ass.
2: Yeah, and you were stoked.
3: I yeah, but I love Steve.
2: You, every, yeah, you got a yeah, real thing yeah. going with Steve. <laughs> you <But> asked he,
3: <laughs> what the banter was, and that was a lot of it. <laughs>
2: yeah. It was Io, like aggressively lusting after Steve every time he was on screen. He's, like, he's so hot. It. He's so fucking hot.
3: He is. And he's like a good man.
2: You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, he does he does err quite heavily in this film.
3: Mm, yeah, no, in a big way, and it's bad, and that's not good. But he's hot and, like, a good dad, and that's sort of it for me, I think. Yep, that's it.
1: whats <laughs> an attractive what is, quality. Get, let's, let's delve into this. Like, what is it about him that makes him so attractive? Is it purely a physical appearance thing, or is it this kind of dad vibe? The dad vibe is a hot bit, vibe.
3: Yeah, dad vibe is a hot vibe. When you see, like, a nice father, and it's like, awesome you know that's always like "Mm, cool um glasses help can can Um, i ask is there an
2: (laughs) element with because there is is it a zaddy is like a a, is that related to dad vibes
3: (laughs) no well steve is not a zaddy because zaddies are like that's like a sexy sort of um, there's something, like, almost macho adjacent what, what to What you're it.
2: describing about Steve is kind of sexy, isn't it?
3: Yeah, but he's, like, kind sexy. Okay. You know?
2: Z- so a zaddy can't be kind sexy.
3: No, zaddies are, like, aggressive sexy, I feel like. Okay. Steve is, like, oh, okay, this is it. I said this to you. Steve has, like, he has, like, he's a giver vibe. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And the, so that is, like, hot.
2: Do do you think part of the attraction to seeing—I guess it's biological and ingrained—but seeing someone being <laughs> g- a good as a fu- a good dad mm, is attractive? Yeah. Is there also an element of unattainability where it's like you want what you can't have, and you see someone? Well, if they're parenting that child, I imagine that they are beyond reach for me.
3: Okay. Um. Do we want to move on?
1: Um- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, because he's a fictitious character in a film. Do you think the unattainability? yes when you see a woman being a great mother do you find that sexually attractive are you like yes please I yes my partner is an incredible mother and i find it incredibly attractive cool no comedy there just a good (laughs) (laughs) observation It did just feel like we were coming at Io from all angles, throwing a lot of questions at our, at our podcast you, guest this episode. Thank so, you, Tim. Just a quick well, deflection my only ally. I've been <laughs> all having a good time. We're having a bit of a laugh. <laughs> we're having a good time. I want to throw a real curveball at you, though, Io. Um, and that mm. is so, like, obviously, Guy and I did an entire season of watching Sex in the City 2. Uh, we watched it a lot of times. Yeah. 52, some might say. Too many. And um, we developed because we went slightly mad, like a whole kind of mythos around the things Mm -hmm. that were happening just outside of frame or just before or after the movie. One of the main things or threads that we sort of built on is Brady, who is Stephen Miranda's child, Um, Mm -hmm. immediately after the events of Sex and City 2, so a few years on from what you just saw, becomes a Rat King where he descends into the sewer system of New York and basically commands control of New York City's rat population and kind wow. of lords over the underworld. I just wanted okay. to see if you like, you know, could imagine that based on the little bits, the little scenes that you saw of, of uh young Brady in this film. And mm-hmm. um if you if you thought that was like cool, because <laughs> we think it's cool. <laughs>
3: Okay, first of all, I would just love to say that um I'm so sorry that the two of you are so unwell. <laughs> it wasn't clear until <laughs> that theory was fully presented. Um and thank you for being open enough to share that with me. Um I actually really love that theory. And I love it because we're seeing Brady like alone. Like yeah. so much, you know, and like he's like adjacent to his to his mother. He's like nearby her, but he's like, you know, left to his own devices. So who's to say within that time, like while he's just out of reach, that he's not actually playing with the fire truck, that he's speaking to a rat and sort of gaining those first moments of communication. Like he's learning this skill. He's starting to like, you know, the first taste of his rebellious life, because you know he's surrounded by all this like egregious wealth. Like, who is yes. it to say that you know he? It's it's sickening to him this whole time. Oh <laughs> yeah,
1: evil I eyes love, around. I him. love this political he's... undertone. So he becomes so like yeah, disgusted Absolutely. by this bourgeoisie um, yeah. lifestyle. He's, that he's running in
3: twenty forty. Absolutely. If you I if
1: dig you this. see
2: if you see that in its entirety as well, you sort of because. It's your classic supervillain origin story where you spend mm. enough time with him and you see his perspective and you can see how the thoughts that eventually become like quite uh, maniacal, yes. and like dictator yes. take seed. Where it's like he's re- initially he's rebelling, you know, he turns against wealth to mm-hmm. the sewers, to right. the streets. To rats, which is like the represents like a very low status, you know, thing in, in anywhere, mm-hmm. and so you're like, yes, and then yeah. eventually though, once he learns to control and harvest, uh, not harvest, but harvest you know, like the harbor power. the power of okay, the rats, yeah, uh, his eventual like desires are for total global domination
3: right yeah it goes a little bit too far it feels no that's perfect that's a perfect supervillain origin story the, the sort of like good intention behind it yeah but power corrupts as they say
1: i well, like it sounds like <laughs> have such a strong desire to flesh out this story in either like a graphic yeah. novel or a web yeah. series or something like i really yeah. want to make I this think thing
3: steve i think steve has to die
1: well, uh, well that's
2: interesting Yeah, and he very well could because we also developed quite intensive uh, mythos around Steve
3: Steve, I mean the man, the mystery the yeah. absolute legend so yeah.
2: a few of the things we know about Steve is he has no ability to spell so he <laughs> produces and releases his own line of dictionaries <laughs> the wealth from which he uses as a platform to run and eventually win the mayoralty of New York City ok uh, ok yeah. <laughs> Now, did you see anything <laughs> in this solo screening of the first Sex in the City movie to suggest that this might be somewhere that Steve winds up?
3: I'm going to be honest with you. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> and that is sort of where you lose me. Um, <laughs>
2: wow.
1: It's so interesting that we had I, you with the rats. Yeah. I commend you on your... You're so generous to go along with us, like right down the path, but I like also yes. that you have your limits and you're like, you know what? <laughs>
3: well, there yeah, no. there are characters to me who are illiterate. Yeah. Who are very clearly Ill- illiterate. Big.
2: Yeah. Illiterate. Absolutely. Charlotte? <laughs> probably, illiterate. Probably illiterate.
3: Absolutely illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> I think Samantha can read, but she chooses not to. And she has people around her dictating things because reading is exhausting.
2: You do see her physically throw a copy of a book of away. Of the secret. And, yeah, Of the head. secret.
3: <laughs> If you can't finish that, you know, reading is just like a choice that she chooses not to make. But I think Steve can read. I also think Miranda wouldn't have married him if he was illiterate. Yeah.
0: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com.
3: I think that might have been a deal breaker for her.
0: Do
2: you think the reason that we are... Or were you naturally more invested in their story than the others in this film? Yeah. I feel like I probably... I do feel some responsibility, although I know that you are capable of independent thought, but yeah. like I do always favor that storyline. So I feel like if we have a guest yeah. who watches with me, I'm always sort of more engaged and then mm. that, mm. you know, but... um. Do you also think that's a a testament to superior acting, to what's being turned in in the rest of the film? Well,
3: here's the thing. I mean, you've got Steve, who's got the eyes. And and the eyes are like... Maybe that's the other thing. There's like like second lead eyes, which is like the guy in the rom-com who doesn't get the girl, but who wants the girl, who has like that gaze. Like he's like a master of the sort of longing gaze. And so that's a big help for me. But also we got... Tony-nominated acting on the, the side of a uh, former gubernatorial candidate, um, Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon. Nixon. Rest mm. in peace. She's still alive. She I probably shouldn't have said that. That's fine. She did well, um, though. She moved
1: the platform to the left, so it wasn't for, she, for nothing, you know?
3: And, you know, and move it just a little. She did. She really did just just enough.
2: Tim, you're <laughs> alienating our core central listenership of one central
1: listener. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> who's a devout Sorry. libertarian? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you gotta respect that. And you just got up. Um, uh, yeah, I do think superior acting. I also think that storyline had stakes. It's like there's a marriage hanging, a, a
2: child in the
3: balance, right? And it's like something tangible, whereas with like. I mean, literally, who cares about Charlotte? (laughs) Sorry, but, like, literally who? She's a horse girl. She's a horse girl.
1: She is a horse girl.
3: Yeah. She's a horse girl and a pet girl, and it's, like, enough, you know? Um, And also, like, I don't know. I feel like Samantha, it was kind of, like, on and off. Like, whenever it felt like there were stakes or, like, something clearly, like, that she wanted, then it sort of would, like, disappear or change a little. We didn't get to see her Bonk, you know, Mr. Turgid. Yeah, Yeah. Mr. Turgid. fucked
1: (laughs) up. How ripped off would you feel going to Mm. Sex in the City, the movie, after you've been so invested Mm -hmm. in the series and you don't get to see Samantha, fuck?
3: It's literally psycho. It's like, that should be illegal. I'm sorry.
2: I feel like Kim Cattrall had it written in because you see right up to the edge in different instances. You see her lusting. right? You see her and Smith just post-coital, like you right. see him rolling over and you see uh, you see her topless, but she's got like uh, leaves covering her nipples. Like, I feel like Kim Gattrall specifically stipulated, Yeah, uh, look, I know that it's a huge part of the series, but no sexy time for me. Yeah,
3: maybe she was tired of it. That's really, I didn't even think of that. That's very obvious. Good job, I Guy. I, yeah.
1: I, nah, I reckon you're wrong on this one, Monty. I reckon it was Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Who spent so long at the gym, and she was like, "You ain't gonna take my thunder," and this is all part of the Kim Katrell, Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah ship Jessica Parker, storm. the
3: beef. Yeah, yeah. the beef but goes deep.
1: The beef goes so yeah, deep. That beef though
2: would also, I feel like, because Sarah Jessica Parker famously was the only uh, one of the the four girls to not get her kid off in the series. So I feel like if she really wanted to run back at Kim Cattrall mm. and like put a flag in the ground, she'd yeah. be like. More, even more, she'd push the boat out even further. Mm. Say, the, "These are what this is what my nipples look like." And no, Kim Cattrall, we're not going to see your nipples in this film. Yeah. That's Wait. So fair... she would
1: weaponize her own nudity. So, so to yeah. like wave it in her well, face. Well, like, yeah. If, park if, would be if, like, are yeah. my breasts.
2: Exactly. If if she is going to shut down that avenue for Kim Cattrall, which was a huge part of the series, yeah. I feel like she'd really want to like rub her face in it and be like. And I'm nude now. Mm. After, like, making a point of not being nude, two fingers, fuck you twice, that I'm, does I'm seem making it. crazy. Yeah,
1: in retrospect, that SJP... So it has, there's no topless scene with her, and there's, like, incredibly explicit mm. scenes with, with most others. I don't think, with actually... Other- uh, what's her name? Kristen... Davis. Davis. Uh, <clears throat> there's a scene where you sort of see her breasts, right, in the TV show. yeah. I think I think everyone else. I mean, they sort of
2: they wound up casting a lot of the sexual responsibility in the film on well, yeah, on Donna, but then also on uh, Miranda, Cynthia
3: Nixon. Yeah. Oh, that scene with Steve is like from another movie. (laughs) That's psycho. The lighting, also, like the whole vibe of it is like this is something else.
1: Yeah. Real What movie is it from? (laughs) What is it like? Do you think it's a real tasteful porno or like what are we looking at in that scene?
3: Mm. Some something like a cross between sort of like a tasteful like maybe like female directed porn yeah. or uh, to like a like a sort of Oscar Beatty movie where like a woman is like, you know, her husband dies or, you know, she has some sort of like pent up frustration and she can only release herself through sex with because that's yeah. art and then <laughs> you know, it's like that, like a lot of that. Yeah. It's
1: da- Daniel Day-Lewis is starring in this movie, and that's like the two sort of B-leads who yeah, finally yeah. get to fuck later on. Yes, I'm peeing trying on set like a little pervert. <laughs> 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 it's
3: good. It's good, and it's going to win an Oscar.
2: Uh, well, seeing as we're here and we're already geared towards quite a positive angle of conversation, I feel like it might be a good time for us to throw out some shining lights. Uh, Tim? Amongst the misery
1: of your experience <laughs> with sex in
2: the city this morning, was there
1: anything you enjoyed? Honestly, the end credits starting to roll—that was fucking it for me. Eh? Oh, a, <gasps> that oh. That's,
2: that's from the sort of behaviour that would have got me told off by you once upon a time. Yep. And now look at you phoning we are. You in.
3: Mm. <laughs> uh,
2: my moment was—it's was a very small moment when. Uh, Miranda and Carrie are out for dinner. It's the confessional dinner where Miranda yes. eventually you know, gets it off her chest that she said this thing to Big the night before the wedding. And uh, right before she says that, Carrie's beating up in herself. She's saying, I reread the Vogue article. I didn't say we once. It was all I, I, I. Mm-hmm. Which you astutely observed that...
3: Was you, Tim?
2: Sorry. That that's how <laughs> healthy people Yeah,
3: talk. Yeah, healthy normal people communicate by being like, this is how I feel. <laughs> So that you don't put the onus on the other person, um, but apparently that's wrong in this universe. Yeah,
2: well, n- yeah, to everyone save for uh, Miranda. So she's saying that, and she's saying, you know, she's sort of taking full responsibility. Right. And part of it is uh, Miranda's about to, you know, take her share of the burden and say, well, here's what I did. Right. And part of it is I feel like she agrees disagrees fundamentally with what Carrie's saying. But she does this sort of head shaking, lean back, like I've done or you will have done to friends where they're Mm -hmm. saying something that you're like, I love you, I respect you, I feel you, but I disagree with this point. And this shot lasts for less than a second, but she leans back and she's going, No, I've got to say this thing. And that little beat of acting I thought was an absolute powerhouse.
3: Wow. Oh, God. You have really seen this movie 19 times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh my god. It <laughs> with two like right broken up. men. <laughs> the most <laughs> wounded men. Um My Shining Moment. Um this might have already been set because it is sort of but you know, it I have to speak for my for myself. Yeah, my absolutely. Truth. Um <laughs> and my shining moment comes I think in the jilting scene. In the big jilting scene. Do you know what I'm gonna say?
1: No, but um the when
3: flowers? um big we're what?
1: Sorry, the flowers is that it with the psh?
3: no, not the flowers. It's Kristen Davis's no. Oh yeah, it's just the way yes. that she says no. It's re- she's um so unimpressive for the whole <laughs> rest of the movie, and that is like it was really powerful. It's like from the gut. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it
2: is really really strong acting. I actually saw it was an argument on Twitter recently where uh, someone was tweeting saying, "I can't believe my my boyfriend thinks that." charlotte is the worst character and Mm. she you know pulls out examples from beyond the
1: films controversially in my opinion well she was basically Uh, she was saying so you're telling me that the um one smart driven brunette who is actually able to articulate that she wants a family and goes out and pursues that goal in the series is the one you least like
2: yeah i think Uh, one of the rest of it one of the specific examples presented though was like a a screen cap of that acting being like, she defiantly stood up for in a moment of need. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, yeah, that is even in, in a still that's mm. powerful.
3: Yeah. It's really good. Um, she is one of the more, I feel like the, like the, the I, me characters, like even one of her like big, um, like emotional crises is, <laughs> which is so insane. Wait, I get it, but it's so it's nonsense when everybody is like going through horrible things and she's like, my life is awesome. And what if it isn't one day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, you suck. <laughs> That's so annoying.
1: Yeah. She does do that. <laughs> she tries also to hide it though, to be fair. I think Carrie kind of draws that out of her, doesn't she? Or? Mm. Yeah. She also is responsible, uh, I think, for one of the
2: poorer pieces of acting, which I haven't really noticed as, as full-throatedly as I did this week. When she does the shitting herself scene. Yes. And you get the feeling that, you know, there was like, sh- they knew that um, after fe- after audio effects were going to be doing all the heavy all lifting because all of her acting is it's like, it's just a slow kind of crash zoom on her face. And she's, like, just doing different eye bulges it and is mouth movements.
3: hot girl acting 101. It's uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what's the secret? I think it's just, like, you're always aware that you're hot. <laughs> and so your face can only do so many weird things. So she has to mostly do, like, eye work and maybe, like, a, like a yeah. twist the lip to one side and then twist the lip to another. And, and that's okay because her burden is being a beautiful person. You know what I mean? I love that burden for her. <laughs> She she physically cannot make her face look any worse.
1: Yeah, and that, that's well you know, speaking that's just of this. Speaking of a scene that looks like it's you know from another movie, I reckon that shot looks like it's from some real broad rom com because it's it's weird. Mm. It's like that kind of visual language is repeated nowhere else in the movie, where it's like the slow zoom in, and it just holds, total for yeah. comic effect on someone who's shat themselves. It's very like cartoony, and it doesn't match the yeah. rest of anything in there
2: is responsible for pulling Carrie out of her Mexicoma, which is the joke to which we were referring Samantha makes fun of earlier. Awesome joke. Wow. I was so, so
1: unimpressed. <laughs> we're on video chat and you're just shaking your head, You're like, <laughs> fucking Mexicoma. <laughs> oh. um, sure.
2: Well, wh- and wh- while we are here doing uh, little party segments, mm. uh, I would love if we could get uh, outside the lines with Io Debris. Yes. So, Tim, <laughs> you know the line. I know the line. I you know the line. I do
3: know the line now. What
2: in damnation could Carrie be referring to when she says, when big colors, he really stays inside the lines?
3: I think she's talking coming. I think she's saying, when he comes, it's all over. I think we're talking on the chest. We're talking on the face. We're talking on the toe, on the back, wherever. When big colors... It's really inside. Maybe even mm. physical. Like, what's actually happening physically? Maybe it's not just P and V. You know what I mean? Maybe we're going in as many holes as possible. Oh,
2: it is. I sure. have a picture of an em- of an emaciated Mr. Big at the <laughs> yeah. end of your walk through there. Just like he's just exhausted and yeah. so thin.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, incredibly yeah, dehydrated. Suits, the just suits are very... doing all the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all the work it is um the undeniably in the there's no other way to read the line we've done the market research uh mm. i think a hundred percent of people agree on what this is it's amazing it's in mm. the movie but thank god it is just to add a little bit of color for us having to watch this 52 times you know what i mean
3: <laughs> just a little bit of color okay <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> i thank you
3: i thank you thank you um yeah i i think it's either it either has to be like where he's coming or that they're doing like weird sort like they're doing sort of like you know weird wherever he's moving yeah yeah
2: he, I, I, you described coming on the chest and the back. Yeah. Which to me suggests that not only is Mr. Big doing quite a lot of work, <laughs> but Carrie has quite an important role of very fast paced movement. Mm-hmm. If you want total bodily coverage, totally. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> oh, you Full mean all, like
3: yeah.
1: in one ejaculate? getting it in the two locations all
3: over yeah like (laughs) she has to be like flipping and spinning and sort of like you know moving to and fro do you you know what
1: i'm imagining now in their bedroom (laughs) you know like how pink's really good on the ribbons it's like one of those it's kind of a harness (laughs) contraption and carriers having to fuck mr big vigorously while on these things while also like Um, tying herself up like a a finely sprung spring and then releases just as he comes so (laughs) she can get full body coverage as she spins out.
3: Wow. The miles per hour on that. I also love that you said, you know how pink's really good on the ribbons? <laughs> Which. <laughs> here's I, the thing. It's true. And I knew exactly what you meant.
2: Uh, well, I'm in the minority here of people who was not aware that Pig is really good, pink is really good yeah, on the ribbons.
3: She's great better on the ribbons. Be, you gotta better be
1: doing a fucking gag right now, Monty, because if you haven't seen pink on the ribbons, you haven't fucking <laughs> lived. <laughs> She is so good. I just like her on the ribbons. I'm not a massive... I've kind of fallen out of um, pop. I actually... I, do you know, for 2019, kind of unofficial resolution, I want to get more back into pop. I want to absorb more pop. Wow. I want to, like, ingratiate myself back into pop music. But back when I was mm. working in radio in, like, top 40, Pink was everywhere and she never really left. And I just continue to be impressed with that woman's career. It blows my fucking mind, and I think we don't talk about it enough. She is kind of the, like, scandal-free, not quite Michael Jackson, who's a good example. Just someone with, like...
3: Absolutely not quite Michael Jackson.
1: Absolutely not, like. But she's constantly, like, reinvented herself and just the longevity of that woman's career. She's always been in the charts. Since I was, like, basically a child, and I find it deeply impressive.
2: Yeah, I remember writing my first music assignment on Pink when I was still in either year seven or eight wow. in bloody Mrs. Dodgson's music class. Okay,
3: drag her. <laughs> uh, no,
2: I actually have a really good relationship with Fuck Mrs. Fuck her up. Dodgson. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, she... <laughs> Absolutely
3: take Mrs. Dodgson to town.
2: No, I got a lot of respect for her.
3: Nice. She let um, you write about Pink.
2: Yeah, she did. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I love the line so much I'll recycle it. At the end of the assignment, it was after the release of her first album, Okay, I wrote... Uh, who knows what the future holds? But right now, everything sure looks rosy in the world of pink. Fuck you, dude.
3: You hate to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I was 11. You hate to hear it. Don't
2: put the boot
1: on me Guy, when I was 11. What was I was trying to remember it while I was watching this morning? What's that segment you made up that we now have to do every time that I hate?
0: Oh, uh, it's I uh, called.
1: It. I don't want to. I don't want to bother you, people. That's right.
2: Yeah, and you lo- and you <laughs> love it. Uh so I explained to IO that we have to do it and that you hate Great. it. Yep. Great. Uh so <laughs> IO the floor is yours.
3: Okay. So in my mind Steve's rushing in. He's coming from a car which almost seems like a van if I'm remembering correctly. And he's sweating and and he's like in this sort of tense uh you know his marriage has just freshly, you know, gotten on the fritz. Is in a really rough, rocky place. He's been out, not allowed to stay at the apartment. He's a stressed man. He's an every in every man, but he's stressed. And you know, even every man, even normal men, have their vices. And so, while he's been out, he has lost himself, drinking, gambling, really seedy stuff, like full underworld. And he's gotten unfortunately into the you know the wrong on the wrong side of the wrong people and so he's rushing in not wanting to bother them because there's a van full of loan sharks and mob men and they need money and they need it now
2: oh thanks for A much more interesting second half of the film So Mm -hmm. he's he's got nowhere else to turn to He knows that all of the people he knows Are congregating at this one event An event he should avoid Right. But it's the only possible way to protect Himself and then I guess
1: maybe If they take him and still don't have their money Mm -hmm. His family family. I love it That's so (laughs) Much better It gives kind of a John Wick angle to this whole film Which I'm very into
3: Okay, and I would love to see Steve lead his own John Wick. That would be hot. I'll say it. <laughs> I'll say it.
1: I would, would be, be sexually hot. gratified I... to seeing that. To be honest,
3: my boy, my absolute boy, Tim. <laughs> Correct. There is actually another.
2: Um, there's another moment that becomes a bit John Wicky, where <laughs>
1: or like where <laughs> <laughs> John you've taken all the power television. out of that title by adding a Y. <laughs>
3: yes. Seems much sillier of a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, John
1: Wickie. John Wickie. It's sort of
2: Keanu Reeves <laughs> playing John Wick, but still trapped in the Bill and Ted universe. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's when Carrie's really upset at the jilting and she's and Samantha says, we can get anything you want. And <gasps> Carrie says, a hitman? And every time she says a hitman, I always think, how much more interesting would this movie become if, even if like Samantha's like, okay, and Carrie goes, no, 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 no. And then that classic comic beat yeah. plays out where it's like, don't worry, I heard you. And Carrie's like, no, I don't want to hit man." she's like, yeah, I get it. You don't <laughs> want to hit me. And then actually goes out and the second half of the movie, Big's got a hit out on him. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. I
3: think that'd be so fun because also here's the thing. We could still have cool outfits. So the people who come to see this, you know, for the visuals, they get what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, the boyfriend's coming to the theater. <laughs> they get what they want. They get a yes. little, you know, a little va-va-boom. That's right. A little gun action. Women
2: love dresses and, and men, men love, love action. Guns. Yeah. Men love
3: guns and women love dresses. And, and that's I
2: mean, just the way the world is. Sorry. And if you don't like it, you can stop listening to this fucking podcast, <laughs> you libertarian solo listener. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, to wrap up, if I may, I would just love to get your mm. um, opinion for our One Libertarian <laughs> podcast subscriber on whether or not you think, like, should people watch the film? We always tell them not to, but I want an outsider's take.
3: I think if you are in a situation where you are, like, doing laundry and you're also so high out of your mind, then maybe it could be something funny just to have on because of noise it also was fun to get to do a hate watch with a friend that's always fun um i i did love candace bergen's literal one noted performance where she did not move her vocal cords mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah the scene after but, that io turned to me and said i'm trying to figure out how she is funny because she never <laughs> changes her voice but she Which still is killed like, that's talent
3: yeah it, It was very impressive. Um, So if you want to see little gems like that, I say go for a watch. But if you sort of enjoy your own freedom and sort of the idea of, you know, happiness and peace, um, I would say don't watch it. (laughs)
2: That's good. That's good information to have.
3: Mm. Because some people don't want peace. Yeah. And that's just true. So don't do it if, if, if you love your chaotic, toxic life.
2: Well, I mean, not, not really a Sager note to end on. Tim, do you have any final notes or information to share with the good people or person? Absolutely none.
1: <laughs> I would love to be able to give out IO's dates. I'm going to put it in the episode description, but IO, shout out all your, all your shit where people can find you online.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter, and I post all my shows and stuff there if you want to see me in real life. Talking about stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just look at look at I'm the not, episode I'm, I'm, oh, description. By the, way, the links are in I'm there. I'm
2: experiencing what you're describing right now,
3: uh-huh. <laughs> and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you soon for uh, it's a milestone watch, our twentieth screening of oh, Six whoo. and the City. A huge one. Thanks, Io.
3: Bye. Thank you.
2: We just have a good
3: rhythm together. You know? He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it.